You're listening to the podcast of Father Billy Daniel. I am an Episcopal priest serving in Church of the Ascension in Knoxville, Tennessee. This podcast features sermons, reflections, and occasional conversations to help you deepen your spiritual life. To learn more about me or to get connected, please visit fatherbillydaniel.com and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. This homily was preached in Church of the Ascension on Christmas Eve, 2022. There is a story that I recently came across about an elevator operator. You remember elevator operators, right? Those days in the history of the world when we had people who pushed buttons for us. Today we just have people who push our buttons, which is not the same thing. This had to have been the height of luxury in many respects. Or Perhaps they just knew that COVID was coming and that we had no business putting our fingers all over the same panel. Best to hire one person for the job. In this particular elevator in New York City, there was an operator who was exceptionally joyful. And there is something incredibly useful, it seems to me, about being joyful if you're an elevator operator. I mean, just think about it. Here is someone whose job it is to escort people of all shapes and sizes into an enclosed metal death trap, a space which only weirdos dare break the awkward silence between strangers. Being joyful may just be the right antidote for the somberness of that sanctimonious vertical tunnel. As the elevator filled with people Going to the heights of a great skyscraper, the operator would say to each and every person, Good morning. What a fine day. He offered this greeting with such a jovial smile and such cheerfulness in his voice that a businessman who had been riding up several floors already gruffly addressed the elevator man saying, What are you so happy about? What's so fine about this day? With even greater enthusiasm and a certain bounciness in his voice, the operator said to the grumpy businessman, Well, I ain't never lived this day before. And there it is, isn't it? I ain't never lived this day before. Why do we so often treat every day as if it were a day that we had already lived? Why do we let ourselves get stuck in thinking that this day, today, right now, is something of the past? Why are we so hell-bent on letting the past dictate what today might bring? This is not about whitewashing our history or forgetting who we are. This is about letting today be today, letting today be something new, letting this moment be a moment where we are making something new, something 
unexpected with God, where God does something new with us and for us, where we discover something new about ourselves, others, this majestic world in which we live, a world filled with life, filled, as Jared Manley Hopkins once said, with the grandeur of God. For it may just be, as G.K. Chesterton writes, that God says to the Son every morning with a childlike wonder, do it again. And every evening to the moon, do it again. For it may just be that God delights in making things like daisies so much that He creates each one intricately anew. Do we believe in this God? Do we believe in the Creator God who is ever making all things new? We hear this invitation littered throughout our Scripture readings tonight. Sing to the Lord a new song. For God, declares the psalmist, has done marvelous things. He has shown Himself before the nations. He remembers His mercy and faithfulness. Let the whole earth shout with joy. Isaiah echoes the psalmist's cry, saying, Listen, listen, sing for joy, for in plain sight we see the return of the Lord. Break forth then into singing. You who are tired and weary, you who are worn down by trials and tribulations, for all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is good news. This is good news not just yesterday, not simply for tomorrow. This is good news for today. God, the ancient of days, the everlasting God, the God for whom yesterday, today, and forever are all the same, has done and is doing something new. God speaks in the flesh. And by the incarnation of Jesus, not only do we understand that God is with us, we know that God is for us. God is for you. God's grace and forgiveness is the judgment to be proclaimed to the ends of the earth, a judgment that declares that nothing and no one is outside of grace, outside of God's love and care. For the Word, the Logos, became flesh, and the Spirit of God radiates love and grace throughout all of creation. When we contemplate the great mystery of our Lord's incarnation, what we begin to realize is that the incarnation God's becoming human is what it looks like when God gives us His full attention. Ponder this in your hearts for a moment. God, who needs nothing to be God except God's own self, who hereby creates with no ulterior motive, creating simply for creation to enjoy 
and delight in God, to enjoy and delight in making new life with God, this God gives us his full attention. God turns off the TV, puts down the cell phone, removes those noise-canceling headphones from God's ears, and with no turning back, God makes a manger, a feeding trough, his bed, so that from this new beginning we realize that God is become food for the world. Many, if not most or all, of the ills of this world can be attributed to our inattention to the mystery of God becoming flesh, our inattention to God's attentiveness to us. In our competitive society, driven so much as we are by rewards, goals, and the status we acquire by living a busy life, we are rarely ever still enough to notice the mystery of life unfolding before our very eyes, moment by moment, day by day. And what our achievement, goal-oriented lives often produce in us is a feeling of despair that we are not good enough, that we are not successful enough. This gives rise to a peculiar sickness, what Wendell Berry calls the contagion of self-devaluation. And the irony of this self-devaluation is that the more value we place on stuff or what we can make of ourselves or by ourselves keeps us from the real dignity of our humanity that is in principle divine. One of our many challenges is that we give far too much credence to what can be known about us or other people through past behaviors, personal characteristics, or psychological categories. And while it is useful to know the limitations of our finite lives, our tendencies and proclivities, such expectations and assumptions can keep us from seeing who we are in our principal relation to the infinite. Such assumptions often prevent us from experiencing our lives in our being created, keeping us from experience our, experiencing ourselves and others as becoming alive. Just think about that person you've had a hard time forgiving. It's the Christmas holidays, so they shouldn't be too far away. It is much easier to forgive someone who has harmed us when we realize that the real person is not what they did a moment ago. Rather, they are someone who is, right now, being created. Someone who is able to become someone new. Someone with whom I can, with God's help, make all things new. This is what incarnation is all about. It is the infinite and finite coming together. And we must remember 
that it is the word that became flesh, not flesh that became word. And this same word, the logos of God, the true light who enlightens everyone, the one through whom life comes to be, who illumines all things from within and surrounds all things with the light of his countenance. This God is becoming flesh in us. We so often stop short of this reality, like someone observing a rich oil painting in a museum, noticing the dimensions of the paint on the canvas and the colorful strokes of the artist, but never quite seeing into the world created through the image. Likewise, do we often get hung up on intricate details like virgin birth, wondering how could anybody possibly believe such a thing? Or we fixate so much on Jesus' incarnation that we stop short of the reality that Jesus' incarnation, God becoming flesh, is a unique instance of what is differently repeated over and over again in our own lives and throughout the whole of the universe and this world. And as God brings about the mystery of his embodiment in all things. It may be more helpful then to see our lives more like a watercolor painting, whereby the colors of our lives are poured onto the canvas of this world through the waters of baptism. Unlike the contours of an oil painting, watercolors do not incline us to stop at the surface. They deliberately draw us into the world of the painting and invite us to imagine something new by way of our dialogue with the image. In this way do we begin to experience our very lives as a threshold of the Spirit, portions of the living God, continuously creating with and being created by the Holy Spirit. You see, burning within us is an eternal flame that cannot be extinguished. The challenge, however, is that we often attend to what diminishes the truth of our humanity. Yet the light that burns within is the light of Christ, woven into the very fabric of our lives. It is an eternal flame that is ever making all things new. The Spirit breathes in us and through us to bring this flame into full force, but not without our participation. As we attend with the Spirit to the flame that burns within, the fire of God grows. Our lives begin to shine. And as one of our young people, Caroline Wanamaker, recently reminded me, we are called in our particular human life to refract the light of Christ as a prism refracts the light that shines through it. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are to color this world with the hope of Christ, enabling ourselves and others 
to see beyond the surface, to see into the truth of our nature as God becoming flesh in us. What is the life that we are making with God today? How is the attention that I am giving to God in this moment opening me to a deepening awareness that God right now is giving me God's full attention? We are continually being created and recreated in God. God is still making all things new, still making you and me new. We are, that is, God's very act of creating. There is never a point at which God is not giving us His full attention, no time in which God is not making us, no time in which God is not ready to make something new with us. What you and I did yesterday was yesterday. What may happen tomorrow may happen tomorrow. Yet these cannot overshadow God's becoming flesh in us today. For today, we are becoming incarnate. And we ain't never lived this day before. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to subscribe. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing in Church of the Ascension, visit knoxvilleascension.org.